Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. He's the GOAT on and off the field. Like, it's crazy. You know, he's a superstar, the most accomplished player in our game in history. And, you know, he's just like everybody else. He just works extremely hard. He's always taking care of his body. He loves his family. He loves family time. And hey, he's just cool. He's a real down-to-earth guy. And uh, he's already up there as one of my favorite teammates. And uh, we haven't even, we've only had a few practices together. That is Mike Evans talking about Tom Brady. Very nice compliments from uh, Mike Evans on Tom Brady. And why not? should be. Does he get anything but compliments? 60-yard dimes? Talking about uh, a guy by the name of Tom Brady. Thomas, yep. Thomas Brady, yes. That's a, that's a Thomas, yeah. I was like, who are you talking about? Yeah, Thomas Brady. I thought you had a defensive tackle in mind that the Jazz could trade <laughs> Yannick Ngakwe for. Uh, I'm looking. We I'm still looking. can't find one. We said, what do you said Cameron Hayward? As a free agent next year? He's 32. Cameron that Hayward. makes no sense. I'm looking. I mean, listen, you're not going to trade him in division. So take the Colts, take the Titans out of it. So, ah, yeah, well, probably. What do you mean? No, don't even. Ah, Brent, I'm telling you right. I'll be even more mad if they trade for somebody in division than you will be if they trade for just a second round pick. <laughs> I promise you that. Don't trade in division. Do I not think we do have it. to make it clear, though, that, that Lombardi in his, his post, yeah. in his news, yeah. said hearing... A second round pick. That's kind of a guess. Okay. That's not set in stone. Um, so I don't okay. have to get that mad yet, I guess is my point. All right. I mean, listen, <laughs> I guess you know this guy better than I know him, obviously. So if you think he's lying, you think it's just all. Uh, I didn't say he's lying. I'm well, just saying I, he, he, might not, not... he might know the trade talks are underway and heating up. Sure. But he might not know the compensation is my point. Okay. There's a big difference. All right. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> Yeah, we will see. <laughs> they better get something in return. That's uh, a more than a second-round pick. That's the big story. Here. I've I've never been so excited for the Jaguars to trade somebody away for a second-round pick and watch Brent Mo- Brent Marno come unhinged. Go! Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna tweet right at John Shipley right now. Okay, Call John who covers out. the Jags. Yeah, does a nice job. What for did, SI. What, what did he do? What did he tweet? Um. I don't know, man. You're, hang on. I'm, I'm trying to look up defensive tackle free agents right now, and you got me doing a hundred things here. What did John Shipley tweet? Let me type his name in. Do I follow him? You better believe I do. <laughs> All right. Um, he said a two is perfectly okay, fine for Yannick Ngakwe, considering the reality being just redoing the situation a year from now. Ideally, you would want to get more for a 25-year-old who has 37 and a half sacks and 14 forced fumbles since being drafted, but that's how things are. <laughs> and Brent Martineau, your response? Yeah, I just said, don't go crazy on me, John Shipley. A two isn't enough. 
<laughs> All right? Guns are ablazing see, right now. See, I like it because that's your style. You got me, as you guys would say, triggered. Uh, I, I wish you would have hit him with the K. Just the lowercase <laughs> K. You should hit him with the lowercase K, man. Uh, Come got, on, Brent. I like John. Unlike, so, unlike so that, I. whoever that was on YouTube so yesterday. So didn't know I. him. Oh, wow. So now you take him on the show, actually. Oh, yeah. Well, you, you better get him to call in here and explain him. Oh, he can call in. Okay, you can't just take somebody like that and call him out. 9901. Okay. This is kind of funny. Uh, Jackson Phil on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, he retweets like Roto World, like said Jaguars, quote, extremely close to trading in Gakwe. Yeah. And he says, Leonard Williams in a two so that Williams can retire next week. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. probably what happened. For sure. If somebody, if they trade for somebody and he retires, then. There is definitely, definitely a uh, that conspiracy happens, that's happening. It's got to be in the ESPN 30 for 30. So at least we have that going for us. Like the, the way this training camp has gone, it's going to be a 30 for 30. What if I told you? Uh, John, by the way, has replied. He said, I don't even wholly disagree, but I get it. would make more sense if a defensive tackle is, is involved with it, though. He it would make it. no sense if a defensive tackle isn't involved, Brent, John. He gets it. Come on. He gets it. <laughs> <laughs> Brent Martino is coming unhinged, and I love it. It's, oh, I'm, I, I'm here for I it. I do Brent. think we have to bring uh, you up to date on the fact that I have found that this is not imminent, and that's what the early response is that I'm getting back. But also, was it's not there's not denial happening. Yeah. So there could be some conversations heating up, uh, which again I think just to revisit because this is a huge story if it does happen. But right yeah. now it's hearsay, rumors, and one report. And I think we have to make that crystal clear. It's great for radio. This is what radio is great for. On TV, I can only go so far with this right now. Yeah. On radio, go get it. Go have fun with it. We love it. But uh, the uh, we also said this, that if something has materialized, Jan picking up a new agent has certainly sped up something here. Uh, the conversations with Caldwell the last week or so, week and a half, yeah. have certainly sped up the feelings that they have. And, and I would assume more cordial. Mm-hmm. Uh, then it's been uh, a rocky road with Jan and his previous agent and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, no blame game there. It just has. I mean, mm-hmm. it's been a rock, rocky road. And uh, so I think they're on better footing mm-hmm. in terms of the Jan camp now, the new Jan camp and the Jags camp. And maybe that expedited something in terms of talks happening sure. uh, and the potential for something to happen. What If there is this that's going on, there are talks. What it certainly would verify, though, once again and confirm, is that Jan still wants out. Yeah, Nothing's been uh, remedied to the point where he's like, hey, I'll come in here and see what happens and let's give this another chance. That obviously wouldn't be the case. It's let me get out of here. Interesting tweet from Adam Kaplan saying that the Raiders had been reengaged with talks with the Jaguars before training camp. And then he says, we'll be interesting to see who gets him if he does get moved. So he, he brought the Raiders. The Raiders bit. were a team uh, that, that I think people had mentioned and talked about. I don't know what they have on their defensive front Yeah, uh, well, to help potentially because their second-round pick isn't enough for me. So I'm looking for <laughs> defensive tackles. Yeah, you got John, I mean, as far as backups, you got Jonathan Hankins, Ross Daniel. Dayton Jones is officially there in, in <laughs> yeah, Oakland now. Him. He just went to LA, yeah. Uh, yeah Vegas, I mean, yeah. <laughs> could but, could but Hankins listen, be a guy? Hankins could be. 
if you got thrown into a deal like that. Again, I'm not sitting here telling you you need a Pro Bowl guy. We had this discussion. Yeah. But you need a guy. There's no reason to jump into this thing if you're not. But guess what? The draft isn't until next April, potentially. Correct. You can have that second-round pick whenever the heck you want the second-round pick. Yeah. If you're going to do a deal now, you do it because somebody can help you out in 2020, and you're getting a player for it. So, again, that's where I think Lombardi's. Again, I think it was a guess on Lombardi's part yep. in terms of what I'm hearing. So I'm not saying he reported that it's definitely just a second-round pick. But if there's activity going on, it can't be just a second-round pick. It would make no sense on the Jaguars' part for it to just be a second-round pick. We also said it doesn't need to be a Pro Bowl guy. It needs to be a body that you believe in a little bit. Yeah. That was That is what Rodney Gunter was. Gunter was a $6 million a year guy. Willing to give you $11 million guaranteed. He was a guy they believed in that could take off, take a next step, and be a very nice player for them. Correct. He didn't say, hey, future all-pro, replace Calais Campbell. No, no, that's not the guy you're thinking here. And I would think in a trade, it would be the same way. You'd say, okay, give me a guy that we think is pretty good. We we have a good tape on. We have a good evaluation of. We think he might even take a next step. He could be here for the next sure. three, four, five years and give us that second-round pick. Well, then that would make a, a lot more sense. Everybody wins. Everybody's happy. Bye, Jan. Thanks for your 37 and a half sacks. Yeah, I mean, for sure, right? Because we'll see what happens with Timmy Jernigan. Obviously, when he was playing at a high level, I mean, they weren't a lot better than him at the nose tackle or even three technique position. So you got Timmy Jernigan. And if you bring a guy in for depth purposes, I understand that. But we're on the same page, Brent. It's got to be more than a second round pick. It just, it just has to be. And let me ask you this from a branding perspective right now, from an ESPN 690 branding perspective, if Yannick Ngakwe was to get traded, and number one, if he does, then I, I win that bet because he didn't show up the training. Uh, he didn't show up for the Jaguars. He got traded yes. away. So I win that bet. But for, I'm already down one. Yeah. One of my bets retired. <laughs> but, but more importantly, more importantly for the branding perspective, when Yannick Ngakwe when he gets traded, do you and me take some baseball bets, some aluminum baseball bets? Go find Ryan Davis's house. Break his kneecaps a little bit. Break his kneecaps. And that way, I mean, it's nothing but a formality. I'm going to call from Uncle Dave Caldwell saying, hey, you got to come to a roster spot because we need you. And that way, we can put the ESPN 690 sticker on the helmet and everything. And now we're talking. And then now we're cross-platforming our branding. I, I Like I said, man, yeah. you're about to do the historic double that's never been done. Yep. That is fight in a cage in MMA on September 12th and, talk, and make your NFL 2020 debut on 20, on September 13th. And talk on the radio as well. I mean, I'm literally on Monday. Be, I, I'm be playing in games, and then at halftime, I'm coming on the show, Brent. I'm giving you the updates. We got this, <laughs> half-time man. Halftime interview. Halftime interviews, man. Let's go. Ryan Can you Davis, do a Facebook right? Live inside the stadium or not? Are those ah, other rules? Not, let's make it happen. Can you got make that, that in your contract? Oh, I got you. You better be. I'm, I'm be dishing out everything, too, man. I'm going to be the ultimate snitch. So I can't wait, man. <laughs> hey, Ryan Davis, better lock those doors tonight, bud. We're coming for you. <laughs> Ryan Davis, former Jag. Yeah. Jags looking for bodies potentially um, to play if uh, the attrition continues on their defensive front. All right, we'll continue more Jags. And uh, hey, quick thought, actually, CJ Henderson. We're talking about the cryptic tweets part. What about on the field? Uh, there's been earlier reviews have been pretty good. You were yeah. out there to practice. I think yeah. he, he's looked good. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, I actually take away from the first week. I'm like, okay, I like this now. And and they stuck them right out there. You know, yeah. this wasn't like, uh, hey, you got to earn your spot and you got to, no, they put them right out there. You're, you're the guy now. Yeah. You know, you know, they call it fast speed where it's not all out, right? Like you're not trying to take a guy to the ground. You're probably not trying to jam a guy a hundred percent. So as far as the looks concerned, he's still getting acclimated, obviously. And we're not getting a hundred percent right now from the wide receivers and cornerbacks. But with that being said, I think his confidence is building. I think he feels like he is the, indeed the guy. I mean, go on Twitter and he'll tell you about it. So, I like that point. 
I like where his confidence level is at right now because that's what you want from a rookie. Some rookies come into training camp and they're expected to be the guy right away, and you see it. We've, we've heard Quincy Williams talk about it. Your head's in a beehive. To me right now, at least from what I saw at practice, C.J. Henderson's head is not in a beehive yet. Now, when it's week one and you know it's live bullets flying out there and Phil Rivers is coming for you, then we'll see what he's got. But from a confidence standpoint right now, I like what I see from C.J. Henderson. Yeah, and you need it on that position. <laughs> I mean, you it's, know. it's all confidence. <laughs> That's what that position yeah. is uh, definitely all about. Um, all right, let's listen. We'll get back to football. We'll keep you updated on the on stuff. Uh, right now, it's kind of I would I, I think it's a little more substantial than a rumor. I really do. I mean, I think there's there's something happening. Uh, and how? But again, I'll just say from everything I can gather right now, it's 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 not imminent. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't think in our show today we're going to get word that he has been traded to X team for X. Amount, which better be more than the second round pick only. Um, <laughs> hey, Coos, what happened, by the way, man? I thought we were talking that we were going to like shotgun Gatorade today. We never picked it up. I have no idea where to find Gatorade cans. Gatorade in a They're can. Why, where is Coos? Coos like a Wawa guy and stuff, and he hasn't ever seen like Gatorade in a can? They don't have a Wawa, do they? I know, but if yeah, you're saying yeah. he's a convenience store oh, guy, yeah, it's you like you've never seen Gatorade in a can. Oh, no, it's so good. Literally, when you, I, you've had it before. It's, oh, yeah. it's good. When I saw that photo, I thought Minchu was like, Shotgun and a Budweiser after. Like I was like, I didn't. Know. <laughs> I was like, whoa, what is going on? I tell you what, Jan gets traded for a second round pick only. I'm gonna be shotgunning more than a Gator. You think that should be like a team thing after every Jags Who win? Who wants to sponsor that segment? <laughs> Brent gets belligerent because Yannick and got traded for a second round pick. Belligerent Brent. It just, belligerent it just goes Brent. on a minute long. Yeah, rant. and today's sponsor is yada yada yada, and I'll be drinking the whole bottle. Budweiser. Budweiser. But another B. Yeah, well, I'm more of a Miller Light guy myself, but it is what it Bud is, Light. man. Bud Light. Yeah. There you go. But I, I'm more of a Miller, a Miller guy. They're all connected in some way. I feel like every, it's like scale now in the in the beer companies. Like they don't all, say that in Wisconsin, Brent. Uh, they all own something that. Like they all own all these other ones that you don't even know they own. Wait, so are you saying Bud Light and like Miller? Or no, no, Bud Light. Oh, Miller okay. I was gonna say because you because you get stabbed in Wisconsin for yeah. saying that. So be careful. But it wouldn't surprise me if it came out as like the Coca Cola Company owns all oh, of them. Yes, <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. It's, okay. a, it's a little bit okay. like that. Okay. Uh, now, how about some college uh, talk real quick? Uh, FSU at four is what we do. Florida State Seminoles uh, here. Your home right on ESPN 690 for the Knowles football and basketball. Uh, I was talking a little bit about the uh, Florida State basketball program earlier in the day, uh, playing with some basket, playing some a little golf with some basketball guys, and was talking a uh, little FSU hoops. But uh, we're going to talk a little football instead. Things have settled down once again in Tallahassee, but they do have some injuries now. Chubba Purdy, uh, broken collarbone, so we went from four quarterbacks. She said, we kind of had this conversation, right? It's like, well, maybe, maybe. Yeah. They they say, hey, it's honeymoon year. It's a weird year. Let's roll with the future. Maybe Purdy's the future. Well, that that option's out the window. Mm-hmm. But it's sounding like uh, if you read reports and guys that cover uh, Florida State all the time and even a little bit of what uh, Mike Norvell's saying, it's pretty clear kind of what we thought would have. I think we thought this. I know I did. Yeah. That James Blackman would have such an upper hand here because of the experience uh, factor. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like he's kind of in the lead. Uh, out of now what is a triumvirate instead of four quarterbacks battling for a job. Yeah, I mean, we're kind of on the same page here, Brent. I thought Purdy, if if a guy was going to overpass Blackman, it was going to be Purdy, right? Because he is essentially Norbell's guy. Like, that's the guy that Norbell kind of, I think he was supposed to go to Louisville. Uh, he coaxed him out of going to Louisville, brought him to FSU. So, like, that was the guy that I thought could overtake Blackman. 
But right now, the, the way I see it, it's James Blackman's job to, to, to lose. You know, I mean, week one, we're talking James Blackman being the starter. And, and maybe it's more of just like, hey, I want to create controversy. Like, Purdy could be the guy. But keep in mind right now with Norvell what he's got to go through, right? Like, this is not a normal year. And as far as guys being acclimated, we talk about the Jaguars all the time where they're casually ramping up, you know, and, and trying to find that crescendo to where they can let loose and find out who you got. Well, college is the same way, right? Like these guys haven't been training together. These guys haven't been going through the proper, you know, weightlifting programs and things like that. A lot of these guys have been on their own. So it's a lot to ask a freshman quarterback to come and be like, hey, by the way, I know you haven't been here for spring. We haven't gone through spring practice. My name is Mike Norvell. This is what I want to do. This is a new offense for you, new culture. Good luck with that. Usually when you have those kind of circumstances, you want to go with an experienced quarterback. And obviously the experienced quarterback right now is James Blackman. Here's the quote from uh, Mike Norvell about James. Blackman. I'm really pleased with the continued development of James Blackman. Uh, he's putting together a really nice camp. You can tell the confidence is starting to develop with him within the offense. I thought today was one of his better days, seeing him getting to his second and third progressions. Uh, and uh, there's been 10 practices for Florida State. So, uh, again, I, it makes a lot of sense. And, and it's. I thought it was probably his job to lose. And there's probably still his job to lose. I mean, there's a long way to go. Um, I mean, it's it, you wouldn't be thinking of broken collarbone for one of the quarterbacks at this stage of camp. Yeah. And you got a broken collarbone uh, for Purdy. So who knows what happens health wise. Again, the nice thing for Florida State, it feels like at least for the first time in a few years again, they finally have some options mm-hmm. that you can like. I mean, everybody's always got options, but you're always like, I hope we don't get to that option. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, now they got some options uh, that they uh, that they might like. So that's good. You know, it's a little interesting, too. You know, the college coach, they don't like to say anything about injuries. And some of that is it's protection of the players and, and all that. <laughs> but, like, Norvell said he would be out. It was an undisclosed injury. Didn't say what it injured. And said he'd be out a few weeks. Well, then, Trevor Purdy's family uh, on social media said he underwent surgery for a broken collarbone. <laughs> so they broke the news. I mean, it's like... Like, it's gonna come out. I know, man. Well, I mean, there's no advantage by not saying it like right now, right? I think some of that just natural uh, protection of the player, whether they want to put it out there, all that stuff. Sure. I mean, kind of in a COVID world too, in that that sense. Um, but it's like everything's got to be a secret sometimes in football. In football, more than any sport, at the college level, at the NFL, heck, probably at the high school level, it's like they are the CIA. I mean. <laughs> the secrets that that exist, and and I think eighty percent of them for no reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it just it, it's unbelievable, but there's a little bit of a feel like that. Uh, more college t- talk. Mm-hmm. Kids are back on campus in a lot of places. We Correct. see Notre Dame; they're sending kids back to the virtual world instead of classes. Yeah. UNC back to the virtual world. We're getting a lot of this. Uh, who knows? Hasn't happened around here just yet, I don't think. Although I do think some of the high schools that are back in, I think some of the private schools are back in. I think they've already had a bout or two with this, and I don't know exact, so I don't want to speak out of turn. But I think, like, some kids have been sent home or quarantined, uh, so they're already I – mean, that's just going to be the way it is. I mean, you're not, they're not – I think they're doing temperature checks in most places mm-hmm. in terms of schools, right? Yep. Kind of erroneous, yeah, yeah. right? Absolutely. And that is not foolproof. No. Number one, that's no. not the swab test. No. So bottom line is you, we know we're sending our kids to school uh, and we know that they run the risk of, of getting COVID-19 testing positive. Yeah. But we also believe and I mean, we believe this as uh, in our family. And I think the stuff that's happened at Notre Dame, stuff that's happened at UNC, we believe is going to happen here in high school uh, yeah. or in elementary school or whatever. It just 
sooner or later, there's going to be enough positives that people kind of freak out a little bit or to protect from getting more positives, they say, hey, for the next week or so, we're going online. Well, yeah, but listen, keep in mind, though, with the UNC, I mean, when you have college kids back on campus, what are they going to do, Brent? They're, they're going to party, right? And they're going to socialize and going to be around together and things like that. Now, high schoolers, mind your manners and be good, okay? That's all I'm going to say from that. But colleges, it's different. You know, colleges, we saw how spring break was treated um, at Clearwater Beach with all those college kids there. So essentially what happened in UNC was you had a bunch of kids get together, probably had a little back-to-school shindig, and then the, the, the numbers skyrocket. Well, we've and seen the now, shindigs, by the way, yes. from Tuscaloosa to everywhere yeah. else. So it was only a formality, right? It was only a matter of time. So here you are at UNC. I guess where my concern comes in a little bit, Brent, is, and I've been very adamant about how I feel about the situation. To me, it's hard to justify, and I'm not trying to be political here. I'm just saying where I'm coming from. It's hard to justify keeping your college football team on campus in a quote-unquote bubble if the other students are off campus, okay? Because you're not an employee. Yes, you have a scholarship, but you're still a student athlete. And if the most important part is supposed to be about the student part of it, well, if students aren't, aren't on campus, then why are college football players? And it also begs the question where if you're really going to quarantine these football players and you're going to put them in a bubble like maybe some schools are going to try to do here and you're going to quarantine them off, is that ethically wrong? Because these aren't professional athletes. These are student athletes. These people aren't getting paid for this, okay? It's, it's an interesting thought, okay, and it's a good thought. And I actually asked around a little bit on this topic today. Um, because, first of all, it's up to the schools for that jurisdiction. It's not like the NCAA is going to come out and oversight that and say, yeah. hey, if you are not in 80 percent of, uh, you know, in-person classes, well, then we can't have students playing football and, and soccer and all the rest. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's going to be up to each institution is what it sounds like. There's a little technicality here, too. There are a lot of classes being done already on college campuses across the country and probably now some high schools as well, virtually and online. Mm -hmm. But there are also always going to be those classes that are lab-based, research, you know, whatever it might be. It's a smaller population that go to those classes. But those classes, like, have to be done in person. You can't do, like, a, a, a lab class mm. over Zoom. You know sure. what I mean? Yeah, no, so so they're going to find a way to make those happen, and they'll quarantine the areas and social distance. And But usually those classes, I would think, I don't know this for a fact, but I would think from my experience when I was in school are a little bit, you might have 20 kids in one class, but for that kind of class, usually you have 12, you know, sure. for a lab class yeah. or something. Well, well, and I'll be honest, I mean, speaking from experience with my wife who's going to med school right now, um, you know, at Florida, they had to do all their classes online still. Like, usually where it would be hands-on stuff, and you're working with people, you're meeting with clients and, you know, patients, things like that, it all had to be, it's still done online right now. I got so, you. Well, so it, it, I, I, I guess, know, I mean, every, I'm sure everything's different. Well, but. in some instances, I yeah. guess most of the folks I talked to today about this was more, listen, there's going to be some, most likely, there will be some element of students still on campus taking a class sure. here or there. Sure. It might be a very small po population, but my point is that's almost like an out for the sports. They uh -huh. say, hey, we still do have students. Nobody asks how many. They say, we still <laughs> do point. have, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it's a little bit of a it's technicality there mm -hmm. that you can say, well, not everybody is virtual school. Not everybody is online school. And so I think there's a little bit of an out there. Now, say that didn't exist anyway. I get your point, but I've got this twofold on the, as a rebuttal. Mm -hmm. One, ask those kids in the Big Ten right now. If they, if if they, they were in quarantine? 
Yeah, oh, if yeah. they would mind, even though they're not getting paid, all that stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Sure. Now, I didn't even go to the waiver yet. Yeah, but yeah. I'm just saying, leave the waiver aside, but ask those kids, okay, you're going to have to be quarantined, but you're not getting paid. That whole idea, mm-hmm. I'd be like, I don't care. I want to play. Right? True. Right now, those kids in the Big Ten definitely would be doing that. I mean, we're seeing that. They'll they'll almost sign the dang waiver right now. For sure. I mean, there might be a couple, though, that maybe they have family. I mean, let's be honest. Some of them have kids, have True. families. It might be kind of hard on some of those guys. But aren't we seeing that... It's a smaller population, I guess, is my point, right? Yeah, and I'll give that to you all day. So, and and then I'll just say this from a personal standpoint. So our kids are going to high school this year, going uh, Creekside, and which, by the way, depending on how the Gian and second round thing might work out, they might not want me to say what high school my kids are associated with. So the high school is not associated with me. Yeah, yeah. After what happens, (laughs) but the. I thought of this a little bit, and we've actually raised the question. Like, school's not starting down. Fall practices can now start across the state of Florida on August 24th. That's next Monday. Well, our kids are going to play baseball and softball. They're not in season, but they still do fall workouts and fall ball and those kind of things. Well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm thinking, I, at least I've been told, that that can start to happen uh, whenever that might be, whether it's August 24th or September 5th. You can start to do that. If my kid was playing football or soccer or something else, I would be very adamant and for the fact that if students did get sent home in its entirety, that you could still go back and play sports as long as they still thought it was a go and and they didn't shut it down across the state or across the county or across whatever. Now, there's a possibility they could do that anyway. But if they were still having sports and they thought they could do that, even though they were going to send the kids home and do everything virtually, I'd be for that. Because yeah. I would want, my, I, I wouldn't. Again, you got to come from like the, I guess the student athlete and the parental point of view. They don't want to lose these seasons. Like you don't want to lose that time. Correct. And so as long as you feel it's safe, whether you're on campus or not, uh, I think there would be a big wave of people that will say, "Yeah, I still think you can go to." Uh, it's a whole lot different sitting in a classroom with 32 kids or walking the halls with 2,000 kids than it is being on a baseball field because I've seen that work. We did that this summer, you know? So that's I, – I, I get the point. I, I think it's an interesting thing. And, in fact, I thought there would be more either legislation or rules across the board on a high school or college level that if you're not in school, you can't play ball. I thought they would do that. Well, it sounds like it's going to be individualized from – campus to campus to campus to say, hey, you come up with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess I would say, I don't know if it's a, an ethical uh, thing. I don't know if it's the exact right thing. But I would say I would hope if they think sports can still continue, yeah. but school is better to be done online, I wouldn't have a problem with that. Well, listen, and you made some great points. And I have nothing. I'm, listen, far be it for me to not listen to the athletes, right? If the athletes want to play then go have at it. You know, I mean, I'll support the athletes all day, and I understand that. I guess I'll just end it with this. I understand that eventually we'll see a change with college athletics where players will indeed be getting paid, you know, for their likeliness and things like that. I'm just saying I would feel more comfortable with this conversation if I knew that the players are getting paid right now or if there was like a stipend put in place where, you know what, you're going to be quarantined off and bubble off from your families and, and your loved ones or whoever, and you got to stay here, but we're going to make it worth your while. Yeah. I, I would feel better saying that. 
But ethically, it's hard for me to come along and say, well, this makes sense to put these guys in the bubble. But I understand. If the guys don't be in the bubble, then so be it. I'm just saying from an outside perspective, not a student-athlete's perspective, I have a hard time seeing the ethics in that. I do think the protection from the university or the high school, whatever, is the opt-out possibility. If yeah. you're not comfortable with it, you don't have to do it. And quite frankly, it's not like you're picking that. And the alternative is if they made everybody do that, you'd still be missing that time. Yeah. So... Uh, and again, you're not going to lose your year of eligibility from a college standpoint if you opt out. The NCAA has already said that. So be interesting to see how it happens uh, and uh, the ramifications of it, how widespread it gets, not only in high schools, but across college campuses all over this country. When we come back, we get back to the NFL a little bit. Hard Knocks, did you see it? McVay or Lynn? If you were a player, who would you want to play for? Mm-hmm. It's next on ESPN 690. Austin Lane and Tony Khan clap back. There you go, Coos. There's a, there's a clap back for you. Clapped. So, it's a, just it's clap. a gamer thing. Eric Clapton. Okay. Yeah. That, that'd be a good oh, gamer name. Oh, I'm using oh, that tonight. Gamer name. Check your boy, Eric, Eric Clapton. Clapton. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Brent Martineau. Yeah. You guys just had a moment. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We're having the coach COVID now. That's part of your new new discipline. And it is becoming more than normal. I don't think about the mask as much as I did when I first put it on. And and our players either have to have the double shield on while they're playing or they have to have their mask pulled up while they're playing. And then when they're on the sideline, they have to social distance and they have to have one of those two on. So keep your helmet on or pull your mask up. And these kids have been incredible. It's not normal. It's not easy to do, but they're trying their best to do what's right, to keep everybody safe, because they do want to play. Well, I think that will be one of the deals. If, if sports does persevere through this, is able to continue on, I, I think you are going to have to give a lot of credit to, to everybody. But I think you got to give a lot of credit to the players in the buy-in. I mean, it's different. Uh, they're not used to this stuff. Some of them are young. Some of them even immature uh, to the point uh, where you, you're just praying and hoping, that if you're a coach, that they're going to buy in. But I think right now they deserve a lot of credit. Uh, so at the professional level, at the collegiate level, and we'll see what happens even at the high school level uh, for doing it uh, this way and under the protocols that you have to do. And I think it's easy from the outside to be like, well, if you want to play, then do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Uh, that's easy to say in a lot of things. Uh, don't go eat a, a, a bag of Cheetos either if it's sitting in my pantry. Um, that's easy to say. It's not as easy to do. Well, if they're puffed, then let them be. If they're crunchy, then go get those bad ones, especially <laughs> those Flamin' Hots, too. Are, are, are you a big Flamin' Hot guy? And you are such – see, you are a millennial. Like, oh, wow. There is an age group here. Oh, wow. Go ahead and – what do you have to say? There, well, because like, – Hit me with it, Brent. No, uh, I, I like spicy things. Okay. Um, not like crazy spicy, but sure. like I like a little kick. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. A little flavor. A little Frank's Red Hot. But everything. I don't like that, but go ahead. But everything has like, they're called the what? The flaming cheat, flaming hot, flaming hot Cheetos. Yep. Is that what they call? Yeah. Show them some respect. They give me sponsoring the show one day. A little uh, respect 
Flaming Hot takes from Flaming Hot Cheetos. Look mm, at that. It writes hey. itself. I mean, hey, but you know what? Hello, sales. <laughs> yeah, but don't worry about hey, sales. Are you no, listening? No, this is my thing. This is, is this is not. Your, it's not your thing. You're you talking smack it. about it. Oh, I'll take it. Thank you. You can have it. Anyways, go on. I'm trying to get you an endorsement here. Go on. Uh, the Cools. Yeah. Cools came up with the idea. I mean, Cools looking at you right now like I'm the one that just came up with the damn yeah, segment. Yeah, what are you getting? I'm not a big Flaming Hot Cheetos guy either, though. So you can have it. Oh, you guys are so soft. You guys are so soft. Go on though. The thing is, like. If you give me the choice between Flaming Hot Cheetos and Cheetos, I'm eating Cheetos all day. Like, I don't even – it doesn't – my mind doesn't go to Flaming Hot Cheetos. But, yeah. like, Ty, Ty does yeah. not eat regular Cheetos. Like, yeah. he just will eat the Flaming Hot Cheetos. Ty, my boy, I, I hear you, man. I'm not a big Hot Cheetos person, you but, like, Doritos, I'm – like, I want the Hot Doritos. So, like, I'm kind of yeah. – I don't know. I think it might just be a Cheetos thing for me. You just said, Brent, that you like spicy things. Well, I do. Um, you know, here's the thing that I said from a, but, oh, but some things are just, uh, I, I'm so, you remember those, what are those like fries? Remember like the hot fries hot in the fries. bags? Is yeah. that what they're called? Yep. Yeah, hot fries. That's a little old school. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like the hot fries thing, I thought they were good. Yeah. I, I did like those. Yeah. Uh, but it hasn't translated to the flaming hot Cheetos or everything else that's hot. Like there's hot everything now. Yeah. Right. But Correct. But you said you like spicy things. So why wouldn't you want to add spiciness and flavor to your Cheetos? Yeah, I, I, I can't find a good answer for you. Well, I just, yeah. But, but you I, know what? I'm, but just, I'm a millennial. I'm a typical millennial. Well, you I'm, trying, I'm trying to get to the bottom of it, and I can't even get a clean answer from you of why you're trying to hate on Flamin' Hot Cheetos right now. To be fair, I actually I'm have some hating on them. I'm just saying it, it shows your age that you like Flamin' Hot Cheetos. I guarantee good, you I like the cutoff things. of 35 and under is is they like Flamin' Hot Cheetos. 36 and over? Be, I bet they don't. I bet they go I, to the regular Cheetos. Oh, that sounds like a poll question. Sounds like a poll question. <laughs> At what age are Flamin' Hot Cheetos no longer acceptable? No, I'm going to be like, do you like Flamin' Hot Cheetos? Yes I or no? I just did Flamin' Hot Cheetos or regular Cheetos. I just asked. Oh, I, I think you'd be shocked. The wording. The wording. I'll, I'll because you're scared, that's why, because you understand how it's going to go down. Well, they can answer the dang thing on Twitter. Yeah, but maybe not that passion. Maybe you mean to actually go on Twitter, reply to something, that takes time and effort. doesn't take anything to go on a poll and be like, all right, click yes, click no. Just saying, Brent. <laughs> I'm just saying, though, if you do put, a, a, put out a poll of this thing, you are not going to like the results. There is. You're not going to like them. To that point, though, I think... Most things you could probably say ninety eight percent of things are better with like a hot flavor to them. Yeah, it's a little extra added spice. Like it's not like crazy hot. Like you can get through a whole bag of flaming right. hot Cheetos and be okay. Like I think the only thing that would be bad is like oatmeal. You probably don't want hot sauce in your oatmeal. No, it depends uh, how it depends <laughs> well, what time of ahead. summer it is. Yeah, because my lips get burned. And then it's a little harder to eat those. Sunburn and hot. Oh, no, that's actually no, a thing. That is, the millennial here? That is the best thing about the masks. Who's the millennial here? Go My lips don't get burnt. Who's, who's the millennial here, here so complaining mask, about burnt lips? And I'm in the wrong. Okay. <laughs> burnt lips. That's where the show is going now. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I won't say who this is because his podcast, I, I don't really want to say it this way. Um but he just tweeted, the yawn rumors die off and you all get left with Cheetos discussion. Good point. Absolutely. Good point. I told him some things are important and yep. some aren't. Hey, go ahead and read some other other ones, please. Flaming hot. Next question. Yep. And uh, Coach Bucklew says, fire beep or no fire beep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Got to deal with that. Yeah, a little bit. And some, and, and I really hope ah. Minshew is, yeah. 
regular. Buy Crunchy only. Puffs aren't allowed. Yeah, see, but you try to bring puffs to the equation no, too. No, no, no one's no, eating no, puffs. Don't, don't spin this off. I already I said I do both. I usually go Crunchy spinning first, it. but I'll, if it's buy one get one free, I'll do both the puff and the Crunchy. See, and, and that's the first mistake right there because you go puffy at all. You know who puffies are for? They're for toddlers who don't have their teeth yeah, developed yet. <laughs> That's true. Who, it's like it's like you eating soft crackers. What are you doing? Listen, get it uh, together. What are those cookies that babies like uh, eat as well? I have no idea. Nah, we, fake we, we 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 just nah, gave, we just gave Ronan a big T bone right away, man. Could get that protein on him. We're not giving him soft <laughs> yeah. crackers. You can have food. Here's a T bone. Yeah, here's a T bone, son. Get a, get get that good branch chain amino acids going in here. Uh, I'm sure you did. Uh, <laughs> hey, what's the latest on uh, the Yannick and Gakwe front? Well, uh, listen. So. Michael Lombardi's been the source, Cheetos right? and Flaming Hot Cheetos have gone crazy here on, on social really? media, so we appreciate your participation. Like cool, cool. Don't be afraid to read some of those answers out, too, to kind of prove my point a little bit. But until that time, so Michael Lombardi, Brent, he drops kind of the, the news today a little bit. He's the guy that kind of escalated the whole situation, right? And it started by saying, according to NFL sources, Jacksonville's extremely close to trading Yannick Ngakwa, yada, yada, yada. Now, in the past 30 minutes or so, Listen to what Lombardi's got to say. And by the way, Brent, you said he doesn't like Jacksonville. Well, I don't Hate like him. Lombardi right now because I don't know. Him. I don't know this guy. But going in through his uh, his timeline, I'm not a fan already. So he put out: if the Ravens win the Super Bowl this year, they need to give David Blaine Caldwell a Super Bowl ring. See, so did there, David Blaine? I got yeah, it. Yeah, good, fantastic. Uh, he has not. He has done a tremendous job on their behalf. Trading two of Jacksonville's best defensive linemen for basically later picks is worthy, or of more than a thank you. So that led to believe that, well, Jan's going to Baltimore, which yeah. I kind of called, by the way, a little bit. Now, trade for Calais. Yeah, trade for Calais. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the ultimate switcheroo. Then Michael Lombardi puts up, I screwed up on the Ravens one, these damn fake tweets. So somebody got to him, I guess. It was a fake tweet. How hard is it to go to somebody's profile, look for a blue check mark, and check how many followers they have? It takes seconds, literally seconds of your day to do that. Okay, so I'm confused, though. Does that mean that was just on the Baltimore part of that? Correct. It's not like he's still standing by his no, yawn stuff. Yeah, so then next he goes, okay, this one is real. Hearing the team deeply involved is the New York Jets. That's not fake news. Does it happen? Not sure, but they are trying. And so the Jets, um, we brought this up a while ago, Jamal Adams, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. what would be interesting about the Jets, now they don't have Leonard Williams. They don't. He's, they he's do with have the, Quinn and Williams. Yeah, but, but they I mean, just drafted him. Correct. You're not going to trade him away. And I, I will say they're not as high on Quinn and Williams as uh, it looks right now like they've missed where they picked him. Because he was a top 10 guy, right? Top correct. 5 guy, maybe? And yeah. uh, I think. Three. Yeah, I think he got hurt and it just hasn't. I mean, he's still got a long way to go. It's early, but hasn't been ideal for Quinn and Williams. Yeah, yeah. let's just say you know Taven Bryan was viewed at first year. Yeah, Quinn and Williams ain't far behind from a Jets standpoint. I don't think. There you go. And he was drafted way higher. Mm-hmm. That's my point. But yep. I don't think they're gonna sit there and trade. I don't think. But hey, Jan's a pass rusher, man. There's a lot of value in that. Twenty-five year old. Why not? Yeah, Quinn but and Williams. Me, yeah, but to me, if you trade a top five pick like that, you trade him away for. And I get Yan Gakwe. There's a value there. But to me, if you're a GM, it's like, well, I've messed this one up, and now look at, you know, you're trying to, yeah, you're trying to offset that. There, uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense. No, no doubt about that. But, yeah. uh, but here's the interesting part about the Jets, if they were involved again. I mean, listen, this is fun. Uh, Rumorville's <laughs> rumor mill is hot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the. 
Hot Cheetos, by the way. Do the Jets make some sense? They made more sense to me when Jamal Adams wanted out. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. But do they make some sense now because they have draft capital? And they they got some in return, and they already had some. So they've, because Seattle gave them all the draft picks, so now parting with a second-round pick and a player might not be as big a deal. Yeah, I mean, that definitely makes sense. Um, if they still had Leonard Williams on the roster, I would have liked the idea of that. Well, and that's the thing, right? So as we look at the Jets' depth chart right now in terms of their interior defensive linemen, I'll be honest with you, Brent, it's a lot of who's who's right now, all right? And I don't know a lot about these guys. I know Quinn and Williams, and I'll be honest, that's about it, okay? So not really intriguing from that standpoint. Well, give me some names. What you got? Uh, Steve McClendon. Give me some names. Henry Anderson. I know a Henry and an Anderson. Don't know Henry Kyle, Anderson. We were talking about Kyle Phillips. <laughs> we, got, we got Kyle Phillips, number 98. Brent, you know who that is, right? Mm-hmm. We're talking about 97, Nathan Shepard. Mm-hmm. We're talking about, and this one, I, I might have a stroke when I say this name. Full, full, and I, I apologize to this guy. I'm sorry, man. Uh, Fulronso Fatukusai. Fatakusi? Very good. You got it. I have no idea. I'm not looking at it. Okay. <laughs> I don't even okay. want to try to interpret whether you got that right or not. Okay. Uh, uh, Jordan Willis. Okay. So here's... John, John Franklin Myers. That? Me, well, go ahead. Sorry. Let, let me just ask you this. Yeah. Out of all those guys, okay, if, if I had last year, this time, yeah. last year, okay, we're talking before the 2019 season, mm-hmm. if I had read through Arizona's defensive line, and I had mentioned the name Rodney Gunter. Mm-hmm. Would it sound like one of these guys' names? Again, before, before you went back and watched tape on them, when they signed them, I'm talking last August. Yeah. It, you know what? To be fair, it probably would have. It probably would have. So and, maybe there's something like that is my point. And by the way, John Franklin Myers, friend of the show, that's the guy I interviewed uh, at the Super Bowl for the Rams. He actually he got a sack in that Super Bowl, by uh-huh. the way. Yeah, good call. From, so us, came over from, from, yeah, from Stephen F. Austin. There you go. I, I got you. That. Yeah. Oh, good, good, yeah. good. See, I thought he got, sounded familiar. Well, why don't you call him up? Do you get his number? See if he's on his way over. <laughs> Didn't get his number. Sorry. No. It was an in-and-out interview, Brent. Again, player in second-round pick. That makes sense. Second round pick only doesn't make sense. Just to be crystal clear yeah. here on a Wednesday on Action Sports Jacks on well, ESPN 6. At least from the Jets, it's probably going to be a high second round pick. This is crystal clear. Lombardi hates the Jacks. Hates the Jacks. <laughs> Look at his tweets. Yeah. Hates. Now, he might just hate Caldwell. Sure. But I don't he, know this guy. I mean, I mean, just go back and look at his tweets, his history yeah. with it, of what he says about Jags. I, don't I mean, want it's almost—it's kind of comical, really. I don't, I don't want a reason to, to hate on somebody. Like he's, I, he's already done that enough with the whole Ravens tweet I, that I don't he know had. Lombardi as well, and he might be right, by the way, on a lot of stuff. Well, because if you're hammering the Jags, you've been right on a lot of stuff. Is he related to Vince? <laughs> I'm being serious, is he? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. Well then, yeah, forget him. So. Forget him then. Uh, by the way. Uh, Flaming Hot Cheetos or regular Cheetos, still a topic in the final hour. Who's Mick winning? May yeah. or Lynn, who would you rather play for as a player? If you've been watching Hard Knocks, you get a little bit more of a taste of these guys. That's coming up next on ESPN 690.